0: Verses, beginning at verse 35, concluding at 43, when you found it or see it, please stand. Then it happened, as Jesus was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. and He cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. When he had come near he asked him saying what do you want me to do for you and he said lord that i may receive my sight then jesus said to him receive your sight your faith has made you well and immediately he received the sight and followed him glorifying god and all the people when they saw it gave praise to the lord this is the word of god for the people of god you may be seated in the presence of As the Holy Spirit will guide, I like to share from the thought, Jesus means everything. Jesus means everything. Let us pray. Now, O God, may the words of my mouth, but the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are our strength and our holy redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. want to walk uh, easy, but in the mindset of revival. We don't, we talk about God, but we don't talk about Jesus enough. It's all about Jesus. There is a statement of affection and love that we have shared with people along the journey when we want them to know their importance. And oftentimes you may have found yourself saying to someone, you mean the world to me. Those of you who have been in this house and think you know your pastor should know, there are some people in my life that certainly mean the world to me. First and um, foremost, beyond the the natural of God, the nature of the presence of God, is my wife, Stephanie, you know, means the world to me. I will go to the ends of the world and back for her, but I will not barbecue. All about that when I wrote it, I thought, "No, nope, she gonna say after church you gonna put them ribs on the grill." No, I, I won't go to the grill and back, but I'll go to the end of the world and back for But also, it is uh, our children. They they know where my last nerve is. They can touch it. They can reach it. Sometimes I think all children sit in, in, in their bedrooms and plot how they're going to get to the parents' last nerve. And yet as they pluck and pull at mine, they know at the end of the day that that is going to come through because they mean the world to me. That goes on to say even my siblings, family, and in-laws. But let me not go and not say that you, Westphalia, you mean the world to me. I pray about you and every day, and we think about you, and we will always um, know the be- want the best for you. There's nothing that your pastor or your first family won't do for you mean the world to us and and we mean that. Even when I don't feel like preaching, I can see your faces and, and I see this world and I pray a little harder. And We'll always challenge you and maybe I pluck your last nerve. But you mean the world to me. But there are some of you who have said that not only to people, but you said it to pets and things. And even though you can say that, it does not put them above God being our everything. It is knowing that God means everything that makes others your world. The people in my life are there because of my everything. They're there because God reminds me that he is a comfort keeper and a companion. The things that are world to me is because of our everything and my everything. Old folks used to say it like this. The food on my table is because my everything is my bread. The roof over our heads is my, can be my, is my world, but it's because my everything is a shelter in a time of storm. That no matter what has been identified as my world and seems important to me, I realize it's my world because my everything has provided it. And so when I wake up every morning on this side of Zion, I don't thank my world. I thank my everything for my world. I'm I'm trying to help somebody here because if it had not been for your everything, whatever you call your world, it does not exist. And it will not bring you the joy that it brings you if everything ain't in it preach on with. And so, I, and I share that because here is a familiar scripture and passage. There's a man, he's he's sitting by the roadside begging. He's begging and, and he's blind. He's begging because of his disability in Bible days. That was the only occupation they could have, to sit by the roadside and 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 beg because they could not see and and oftentimes they chose to be in the city where most of the time the crowds were come and they had more opportunities and more people they could beg to and they said when you lose one of your senses others seem to elevate and so here was a man who could not see, but he had always been, all his life, five days a week, if you will, he worked on the corner begging. He couldn't see the people to whom he was begging to, but his senses knew that something different was in the city. He, he, he recognized the noise had gone up a volume. He, he must have felt in his sensors, even though he couldn't see it, that there's more people on the street in this gathering than ever before. If I, could, if I could pause for a minute, I would say whenever Jesus is coming in or passing by, the noise should get a little louder and the crowd should grow a little larger because when the Lord shows up, everything just grows up. I, I, I just thought I'd put that in there for free. But he says something that I never noticed because this is why you have to read different versions. Most versions will say that the blind man looked to the seeing folk and he asked them what happened. But King James says, no, he didn't ask what happened. He asked a very important and different question. He knew that there was more noise. He knew that there were more people. And he asked a more poignant question. He says, what does this mean? And, 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 and the seeing people have to tell the blind people that Jesus is passing by. Y'all missed it. That, that, that in order for the blind to be able to spot Jesus, you need somebody who can see him when he's on his way. And, and that's what the church is, to bring a whole bunch of blind people under the seeing umbrella of grace to let you know even though you don't feel him, even though you don't know if he's here, I've come by to let you know that the Lord is in his holy temple. and But you don't have to be silent because I see him in the atmosphere. says, what does it mean? And actually, they, an- they answered correctly and incorrectly. They said, he's passing by. Uh, and, and, and the blind man said, uh, 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 what's that song they sang with the pass me by? Do not. No, he passing you by. But it means something when you tell me that Jesus is in the vicinity. Don't y'all miss it? If I tell you he's in the house, you should make sure that you say, Lord, but you might be passing by that role, but I ain't going to let you get by my road because I know what it means if you're in the house and in my... Yeah, yeah, Y'all yeah, yeah, don't want to go there today. Everybody, because that's the problem. We come to church and we just want we want either Jesus to pass by or we pass him by. He said, No. He knew what it meant. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy on me. He know, he knew that since Jesus was in his area. He knew it meant forgiveness of his sin. Watch this. He says, have mercy on me is to say two things. One, I've messed up. And two, you have the ability to fix me up. And whenever someone in the Bible suffered an infirmity, they always believed somehow it was connected to a mistake a sin that they committed. You remember there's in, in the Bible, there's a young boy who becomes a man, and the disciples asked the Lord, who sin? That this man was born blind. Because sin was always equated with sickness. Remember when Job, the one who's faithful, finds himself. In sickness and suffering bereavement, when the friends came to counsel him, they looked at his condition and they said, what did you do? Because they assumed and believed for you to suffer, you did something. You had no business and made God mad. Remember at the pool where the man had been sitting for years and the Lord asked the question, do you want to be made well? And the church folk got mad because he didn't say to the man that you are healed, but he says you are forgiving because he knew the tradition was that whenever you suffered something that it would require you to first release the guilt that you think is causing you the pain. And so Jesus says you are forgiven. Well, this man who is a beggar who comes out of the same tradition knew or believed that the reason why he was blind because he was just like everybody else. He was a sinner in need of some mercy and some grace. And so when he heard that the Lord was passing by, he knew that there was one who was able to do for him what no other doctor could do for him. He said, son of David, have mercy on me because he knew that God was the only one that could forgive him of his faults that's causing his blindness. Y'all looking at me all crazy right now, but you need to know that the Lord is able to forgive you for your sins and to make things right that are wrong in your life, and so I realize when I wake up on this side of Zion, it's because God showed me some mercy this morning. I could have been dead but he, because of his forgiving power I'm alive and well because that's what mercy will do look beyond fault and bless you anyhow uh-huh. he, said, he says I know what it means when Jesus is in the area it means forgiveness and the minute He starts shouting, and come on in here. He was a blind beggar, and they saw him as no good. Watch this. There's a crowd. The noise is up, and the first time in his life, his skills paid off. Nobody else could rise above that sound. But when you've been screaming all your life, people may be talking about your lessness, but you keep working in your lessness, and God would turn it around to be your blessing. It may look like a little bit now. But when the Lord wants to use it, He'll take your little bit and make it more than enough. I, I wish I had a praying church. And, and, and so, and so, and, and, and He starts, he, he, he yells so loud that He disturbs the crowd. That's loud. When, when the crowd is making a noise, and your noise is so loud that you disrupt the noise. That's loud. Y'all missed it. Now, let me put it another way. That's a praise. When you are in a praising church, but your praise is so loud, you don't disrupt the praise next to you. Yeah. But 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 let me play with y'all. Since y'all won't go to sleep, I'll mess with y'all until you wake up. But but here's the sign. They said they looked at him and said, "Would you please shut up?" And and. There's your sign. You can always tell when the Lord getting ready to bless you real good. Because whenever the Lord's going to bless you, there's always somebody near you that's going to try to shut you up. They may not keep you quiet, but they may start telling you why you shouldn't do it. They might try to explain why you can't do it. They'll try to logic what you won't be able to do. And don't you look at that and start listening to that because if the Lord is nearby, you must remember this, that if God is there, that what is impossible to others can be made possible to God. And you do like the man did. He didn't shut up. He went an octave higher. He got a little out of And he took off. He took off the name. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. He said, because I know what that means now. Not only does it mean forgiveness, but it also means my salvation. Y'all ain't got, y'all, if I can get the Lord to step into my life, then that means I can get salvation for my life. Uh, I, went, I, I was in the car, and I, you know, I went to Zimbabwe. And one of the things, that I, I don't know if I tell you, told y'all that happened while I was there, that whenever you go to, to a foreign country, particularly like that, you have to take a series of shots. And um, so I got my series of shots, and because they have, they have these, they have diseases over there, and they want to protect you. Um, one of the uh, diseases that were really uh, prevalent when I was there was uh, malaria, and, and that's an infectious disease that, that's passed on by mosquitoes and insects. And um, they give you all these needles, but when you go, they give you uh, s- some kind of bug repellent. And every morning that you get up, and to show you how, how sensitive it is, we had to use bottled water to brush our teeth and we had to tape our mouths to take our showers. And and when you went out in the sun, you had to put pellet all over you to protect you from the mosquitoes. And, and I don't know if you ever had African sun hit you, but something different about that heat. It's it just something that is that, that sun just seem to kind of sit on your shoulder. Unlike here, y'all, y'all ain't felt hot. And, and so I, and this, this is true, I'm sitting, and then they have church outside. And, and, and this is no joke, and I'm not being funny, but everybody come to church, even the cows. I, 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 I'm telling you that they, the animals come to church, the animal process while I was sitting there in the heat sun. But while I was sitting there, I had this repellent on my face. Because I know about malaria. And that sun start burning on the side of my head. God's my witness. I'm sitting in the heat. And, 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 and the bug stuff is like chicken grease. And I could feel it bubbling on the side of my face. I told my wife this. Now I'm sitting there thinking if I remove it. It's burning. But if I take it off, then I become open season for the mosquitoes. And and so I have to make a choice. Take it off to get a few moments of pleasure. And then may suffer the consequences of death because what I needed, I couldn't stand the heat of it. And if I and so I want to take it off. But I know I need it if I'm going to make it home. That's what salvation is. He says, I know what it means. He says, if I can get Jesus on me, no matter how hot it gets, that he can save me from the sin that so easily beset me. And if I take Jesus off then that means that I am open season for the devil to have his way. Y'all ain't got it Jeff. That's why I need Jesus in my life because the devil is always busy lurking around to see who he can bite and who he can devour. Y'all ain't got it Jeff. If it had not been for the Lord on your side you would have been gone a long time ago. Hope would have died on yesterday. But because the Lord is with you and guiding you and keeping you. He keeps sin away. And now you don't have to pay the wages of death but pick up the gift of God. Preach West. I know what that means. You say Jesus in the, is in the house? That means salvation. Yeah, that, I promise you, I'm cause Some of y'all have forgot what it meant. To have the Lord in your life, thought you made it all by yourself. Well, the devil is a liar. Hey, hey. So then, something else happens. He yells so loud that Jesus heard him. That's a praise. When you can stop the Lord, in his tracks, y'all stay with the text. Watch what Jesus does. Jesus says, bring him to me. Which means that Jesus knew he couldn't see. If he could see, he would call called him himself. Y'all stay with me, because here's your shouting part. He says, bring him to me. Who do you think brought him? The same people that tried to shut him up. Y- 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 y'all missed it. Who brought the man to Jesus? The very people who tried to shut him up. Y'all still missed it. That what the Lord did was use his enemy to become his blessing. I'm trying to help you. That don't don't worry about your enemy. Just give them to God because God will prepare a table in the presence of your enemy. Let you eat food and then let you offer them a peace because that's how God works. He'll take your enemy and bless you real good. He He said, He, said, he said, Bring him here. And 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 the Lord gave him something That that I, I got to remember what he said. He said. He looks at him. He said, "I know what you want." He was the Lord was probably like this. Is the Lord, the mic, and the man was talking to him like this. Couldn't see him. He said, "I know what you want. Cause I know who you are." But I need them to know what I mean. See, see, this ain't the first time this man wanted his sight. Don't, don't y'all think that all of a sudden he wanted to see? He 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 done wanted to see a long time. And and so that's why he didn't hesitate when the Lord gave him a blank check. What do you want me to do? And the reason why he yelled so loud, not only did he recognize it meant his forgiveness, it meant his salvation, but Jesus also meant his miracle. That he knew that Jesus was able to do for him what nobody else ever could. That's a miracle that the Lord is able to do for you and for me. What nobody else could ever do. Y'all, 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 y'all sitting on it now. You, let, let, let me see if I, you and I ain't nothing but a miracle. You, you, we, see, we didn't got high and We think we've been sitting in pews and air conditioned for a long time. But when I read my history books, uh, I remember when church was written, they said, down by the riverbanks, uh, giving out cold words because Negroes wasn't even considered human. That is our family, is it not? That I, I remember growing up when I, I, didn't, I didn't, sometimes they say, I ain't have a watchcom to do it in or window to, to throw it out of. I know where the Lord brought me. I know that I was a statistic that said I would never mount to nothing. I remember the days when people, or talk, call me everything but a child of God. But I know a God that's a miracle worker that he can take a little bit of me and make it better. Y'all ain't y'all sitting there because sometimes when you think you've done it all by yourself but the job you got you may have applied it but the Lord did the hiring. The car you drive, you may have been approved but the Lord gave you the resources to get it. The house you live in, it may have your name on it but God is the architect you can't build a house unless the Lord build it first. He is a miracle worker. Work so, when God is in the building, what does that mean? That means my sins can be forgiven. <laughs> that means. Salvation has come, and that means my miracle is on the way. But the, I, I'm done, but but this is what got me. I thought about church folk that come when they need something. I can't help myself now. Get church folk. You've seen them. They're they, they, they down on their luck. Can't hit a number, and can't get a date. Bills paid, check ain't enough. Health report not good, and can't afford affordable care. Can't get a friend to talk to, and nobody to help them. All of a sudden, they get an idea. I now know what Jesus means. And all of a sudden, here they come, sitting up on church, Sunday morning, depending on how the bless, how bad the blessing will determine on the position in this church. If you're really desperate, you come front row because you need to get as close to Jesus as you can. But these are folk that's looking for something but not looking for him. They're looking for something he can give them but they're not looking for who he is in them. And the minute they get what they want. They don't come to church no more. You don't see them in Bible study. They stop singing in the choir because the Lord didn't mean much to them. But this man, God opens his eyes. I thought he was going to be a church member. Once he got his sight, he would go back and get a job. Once he got what he wanted, he would return to the place that he left. But instead, instead of him turning back, once he was able to see, once he knew what Jesus meant, the Bible said he didn't go back. He set his eyes on his everything and he followed him and praised him because he realized that no matter what he had in his world, it was because Jesus is his everything that he can see the world that he's... When the Lord, Means everything. Let me give you some math. If you come to God and you only come to get a world, when you leave God, the world dies. But when he means everything, not only do you get to keep the world, but you get more of your world. John said, What are you talking about? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Means when you make Jesus your everything and follow him, everything else will just line up. Help me somebody. It's God, not your everything. Let me help you. When I look at everything, my world, that's in my world. I teach this to my children. Somebody asked me today, one little boy said, you got four cars. Wait a minute, don't y'all get excited? Two, a Honda? a us my wife would tell you, I drive I ride the Sequoia. I love that my baby. But what he doesn't understand is that I have what I have, not because of who I am, but because of who I am. And, and, and I don't think I have much but I have enough. Let me know. I don't think I have much, but I have more than I'm worth. Y- y'all missed it. I-, I-, I don't have a lot, but it's still more than enough. Y'all ain't got it yet. Let me go a little deeper. My daughter told me the other day, Daddy, You went to school four times, high school, college, college, college. But what my daughters don't know, when I was in high school, college was not in my vicinity because I didn't have the capacity or seemingly the capability I wasn't college material. But I prayed over the call. And the Lord put something in me. Because the minute I made God my everything, my world began to change. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. This is what God, if you want to change the world that you're in, then I suggest that you put God as your everything. And whatever it is you're going through, if Jesus can be your everything, he'll bring you out of anything. I know that's right because when I think about his testimony, they said that they, they, could, they could take him out. They put a cross on his back. They made him climb up Gargotha's hill. They beat him till he had no blood or more water to give. They hung him between two thieves. They put on on the top of the cross, the king of the Jews, they said he'll never conquer this one. And about the ninth hour, they saw him die. They decided to put him in a grave because when you go into a grave, nobody ever comes up out of a grave. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were all good men, but they didn't come out of the grave. Ruth, Naomi were all good women, but they did not come out of the grave. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Hezekiah, all good prophets, but none of them came up out of the grave. They locked him in it. They hung over over the top. Here lies the king of the Jews. They said he was dead and gone. The disciples got in the room, threw in the towel, said he'll never come back from this. But really, Sunday morning, he got up, and this is what I learned. If the Lord can get up from the grave then surely he can get up in and when he becomes your everything he can lift you above anything don't let the church mean everything to you Miss church. Don't let the pastor be everything to you because when they're not preaching, you're not coming. Don't let the choir be everything to you because if they're not singing, you're not clapping. Don't let the things of this world be everything to you because when you're broke, busted, and disgusted. You don't have a praise to give. Oh, but when you make the Lord your everything, come what may, from day to day, be not dismayed, whatever betides you, because you know your everything will take care of you. And the blind man, When his eyes was open, he saw what he needed most, not a sidewalk, not a job, not a house. I need Jesus. What does this mean to say that Jesus is in the house? It means. He means everything. Everything. Nothing means anything until God is by everything. To have sight and not see him is to be blind. But to be blind but to see him is to have sight. come every Sunday to hear from my everything. I sing praises because he's my everything. and I give back to him all that I know if I made it clear to you. Alicia Keys lied. She told a man she's nothing without him. No, we're nothing without him. And I give you the same call that I gave 8 o'clock. I dare you try. I dare you Try, Jesus, for yourself. Give the Lord a hand. God is good Jesus means everything to you. Give him a praise. Let him him know. Let him know he means everything to you this morning. It's all right. I I, I know how it is, you know. You get down in that that pew and that seat feels real comfortable and you just want to sit there and, and you want to clap like this, but... Give him a, you can give him a standing ovation today if you can rise up. He woke us up this morning, and he brought us in here, and, he, and let him know that he means everything to you. It should make you feel good to be able to say, I gave the Lord a standing ovation this morning. And while you're standing on your feet, now that you're already up, the doors of the church are open if there's one that needs to come today. Give me your hand because God has your heart. You know what it means to be in the presence of the Lord. It means everything to you. And so since he's here, don't let him pass you by. And make sure he stopped in. And if he stopped in, go on and let the world, this congregation, know that today is my day to surrender. No matter where you are in the church, your distance is not that far. You can come from where you are. We're going to wait for you because that's how God is. If he means everything to you today. And you want to make it be known to the world. He says, if you confess me before man, I'll confess you before God. And that's what the walk is all about. If you need to give me your hand, because Jesus has your heart, the doors of the church are open to you, the arms of God. Come now and don't hesitate. If you hesitate, the devil has you. But if he kicked you, and I say gently called you, go on and move. As the choir shall sing, the altar is open for prayer. Anybody that wants to come, need to come before the Lord. Tell them your joys and your concerns. It's so good to see Sister Helen in today. I want to say good morning to her. Say I want y'all to, uh, somebody's need to see Dana today. I came and asked her a question. If you stand in front of that cross for me. I know she's saying, "What does he get ready to do? You can face them. When Dana came here, Dana came and she was Danielle. Uh, well, why did you come on, Dana? Because you wanted to get closer to tell me. I was in the right alphabet. I'm doing pretty good. But Danielle. Did I call you when I called you on the phone that prayer? Did I pray for Dana? Uh, I prayed for somebody's mother and called her to his wife, but the Lord knew my heart. Danielle. I want y'all to see Danielle because when Danielle came here, Danielle um, was going through something. Danielle came because she, uh, she had been diagnosed with the little C. The little C is always small when you got a big C named Christ. And I remember pro- her process. I remember she came and she was standing uh, tall and then she kind of went weak on us. I don't think she had, they took her hair, but she stayed faithful. And somebody needs to see what the Lord can do. I, I, I think there comes a moment in time when you got to, you don't, you can't tell people what God can do. You have to show them a living testimony. And I want to praise God for her living testimony that she is a living witness that if you stay with the Lord and make God your everything, he can bring you out of anything. Somebody needs to see it. I, I, I'm going to show you a sermon before you leave here. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you for your testimony. You have blessed somebody today, and I needed them to see a sermon. Our prayers are always with you because you're going to get stronger each day. Give the Lord a hand praise for a living testimony. Okay, oh boy. That looks like um now if I could read it like I see it. That looks like wakema Oh wa. Wow. Keema, I took the first word. Wait, Ma. Wakima Williams, are you here? Please stand. Huh? She's not here. She gone. Oh, I saw when she left. Scholar Williams, are you here? This might be the whole family. Did I run them away. Is there a Williams here? she are you here? Lord have mercy, I ran the whole family away. I, I I run one or two, but the whole family? God bless them. Christina Landrum, are you here? Thank you, child. Woo. Now that I got one, I'm going to keep on going. But if you, if you didn't stand up, I'm going to stop. Because right, that's been the talk of the day. Rib had ran all these people away. Uh, Maxine. Thank you, Maxine. Deacon. How you doing? Oh, uh, here we go again. William? Thank you, William. I know it's not an S on it, but we got it William. Brother Landrum and Rico Freeman. Are you here? Is it Rico? He gone? I ran him away? Okay. That's all right. Oh, you Christina? Wait a minute, what's your name? You didn't have a car? Get that lady a car. We're going to get your car. Stay right there. Don't move. Don't move. You, you can't come here and not get a car. It's the only free thing we'll probably give you. But you stand right there. But it's good to have you. We ask you all to stand. I'm not going to keep you long. Um, we ask you to stand for three reasons. One, if you have a church home, please go back and tell your pastor that we truly say thanks allowing you to worship with us today. We mean that. And number two, if you're looking for a church home, we just ask you to put us on your prayer list for consideration. But the reason why we really want you to stand and the most important and dear to our heart, we ask you to stand because we want to give you a standing ovation because we're so glad to have you. Amen. And while we're standing, let us turn our attention to the Lord. I want to thank the wonderful choir and greet us and all those who served in worship today. Y'all, y'all did a, just an excellent job. And, I, and this, is a, this is Memorial uh, Day uh, weekend. And uh, some of you have tomorrow off. But take today and at least tell somebody not to, that you love them, but let them know that God loves them. And let's do something in the name of the Lord today. And let's do it on purpose. Now, oh God, as we come down from this place. For those that know that you are their everything, we thank you, God, for being that everything. There's someone under the sound of my voice that doubts your existence, who's not sure what part of you are you in them. Let something have been said or something seen that will encourage them that you are as real as the air we breathe. God, as we come down from this place, let not the work in this house be in vain. If anything has been said that has done hurt, harm to the soul and the spirit of anybody, miraculously do what you do best, and that's heal it before it goes. But let us all leave this place on one accord. Somehow, some way, being able to tell the world, I went into God's house, and he was in the house today then spread that truth in all creation, not on our own, but in your power. Now go with us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And those who love the Lord said amen Amen. and amen. Look to your neighbors.